This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. The Torah is our example for everything. In fact, the way that Yehovah wants us to hear and obey, learn from him, and keep his word and do it is the same way we need to teach our children. Craig and Ann Elliott explain how inspiration and visions from the Father set the framework for their Torah-observant homeschool curriculum. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalomi, homies, Torah fans, whatever you want to call yourselves. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. It seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Hear and obey Yehovah, learn and keep his word, easy, right? Well, sometimes not so much, but that's the same way we need to teach our kids. It's the fourth and final episode of How to Teach the Torah with Craig and Ann Elliott. First, we are into a new month on the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. The new moon was seen earlier this week and we are now into the first Shabbat of the fourth month. Now, let's say hello to my co-hosts, David Robinson and Keith Johnson. Good hey, evening. Hey, hey. Welcome. <laughs> I mean, you almost spit out your water there, David. With the, yeah. The whole Shalomi Right when homie I started taking thing. a drink, he says, Shalomi homie or whatever. <laughs> oh, very good. Well. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, I've been, I've been doing this thing for the last month or so. I've gone all around uh, A Rude Awakening. I started with Michael. I said, Michael, come with me this fall to Israel. And he said, Keith, I would love to come again, but the cobblestone's tough for him. You know, oh, with the difficult. walker? Yeah, yeah. his walker. Okay. So, you know, and I've gone to person to person to person. Why, when I got to you, Scott, mm. did you finally say yes? That you're going to actually go with us this fall to the prayer pilgrimage. It's actually at the time of Yom Kippur. Why did you decide you and Jody to come this fall? Well, I've been working for Rude Awakening for almost 10 years mm. and never been to Israel. And wow. people say, how can you work for Michael Rude? And so that was like, okay, well, I kind of have to go Perfect. over there. I better go over there just because well, I know what I'm looking at, you know, yeah. and Michael's been over there a thousand times yeah. and, you know, I better yeah. know what I'm, you know, so I can get appreciation for what everyone else sees. But it was also, you know, just uh, time is short, you know, and, and we need to get over there. I want to go with you and then see because you know you and Michael have the same heart for this yeah, place, yeah. and I, I would love to see it and uh, just see all the places that you know. I, I don't want to see where Yeshua ate his first falafel, as Michael would say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the the real places. Right, you know, you what, so I'm gonna tell you what, Michael. I'm, he he set the, he set the standard for how you do this, and so we decided we just came back from what we called the Bible Beyond Borders. Yep. We took the Bible beyond the places that politically that the United Nations say this is the green line and this is the mm. wet. We decided to go where the Bible actually happens. In fact, this week, we're actually going to be going. First of all, we start at the city of David. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is that your city? Yeah, we're city. at the city of David, but then we do a really radical thing. I actually got a cab driver, told him to put him in the cab. I said, take me to the city of Nablus. Nablus? And everyone what? says, you don't go to Nablus? Yes, no, you don't uh, go to Nablus. The problem is, why well, you don't go to Nablus? And yet we have Jacob, we have Abraham, we have Joseph, we have Yeshua, Jesus himself, teaching in, the, and in fact, the teaching is in the free app, is I'm actually at Jacob's well. Really? I'm not even gonna tell you about it. I had so much fun. <laughs> go to the free app, you can see it yourself. That's right. But anyway, we're going this so, fall, and we, we, we decided to extend just a little bit. We've got enough people going. This is not a big promo, but for people who feel called, yeah. that want to join you and Jody, uh, we're making it available. 
by July 1st, they'd have to uh, put in their, their, their deposit. We're cheaper than everybody else. It's because we really want people to experience it. We want kids to come if they can. Mm, yeah. And uh, more than that, we're going to bring that, that footage also back here. So hopefully you'll get oh. a chance to. Yeah, well, I, you know, another reason we're doing it too is because we just want to encourage everybody. You know, Jody and I, health is our thing. You know that. You, yeah. We work with us with, with our company, Laird Wellness and all that. But we, we wanted to go and just, uh, you know, just explain to people that your health is really important in the end times. Right. You know, if, you know, Israel, how we need to be healthy in order to tell people about Amen. God, about Amen. his, yeah. his land and all this type of stuff. And so. actually this week, and just so you know, uh, this is the one year anniversary. That's the real reason that I'm inviting you to celebrate the fact that you guys helped me uh, change my entire life. Oh, wow, okay, cool. We're gonna be there and getting a chance to just talk about it all, remnant praying, it's gonna be amazing. It's an amazing yep. experience to be in Israel. So people mm. can come with us, and, and if they don't come with us, hopefully you're gonna get over there and bring some stuff back. Maybe we'll do some reporting. I called Ted, I said, Ted, if Scott's going all the way over there, let's do some <laughs> SNL from, uh, opens from Jerusalem, right? Yeah. I mean, why not? You're definitely taking the camera, right? Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna okay. take the camera. Uh, <laughs> not, not just a little iPhone, you know, we're gonna... <laughs> Send some Absolutely. people over there with you. And yeah, right. Really good do stuff. There's an idea. Yeah, yeah I invited the entire production group to get yeah, out there playing with us. Hey, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, Craig and Ann and Elliot, and they've had this whole teaching this whole month and uh, a great stuff about homeschooling. And people have always asked us, you know, we need more stuff about kids and you know yes. that kind of thing. Yes. So, you know, I, I think it's a good. Uh, opportunity for us as adults too to say, you know, what does it mean to Shema? You know, yeah, to hear mm -hmm. and obey. You know, that's a. It's not just listen to me. It's do the word. Yeah. You'll do the word. That's a really important part of it. And, you it know, I, for me, doing the word is partly, you know, go. It, I don't know. It, it's not really an obligation, but it's like go and be in Israel. Go see it. You know, do these things. Go right. go and see where all this stuff happened. That's yeah. why I want to go too. So. It's really cool, David. I'm. I'm. It just so happens this month that you're doing the uh, the Ten Commandments. We have mm -hmm. a series, you know, uh, and on the Ten Commandments where they can learn both Hebrew and English on the Root Awakening uh, an app. But I think just this idea during the summer, mm -hmm. uh, the kids are out of school. Some of them are out of school. This entire summer, you know, I, I'm just more inspired. Let's just make the whole summer about kids and more, more, more families and more people getting together and connecting with each other. That just seems to me like a, a really good time to, to to give kids a chance to learn. What a, yep. what a great kind of that time of year. Yeah, really, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and that's also why we're doing our uh, David. You and I are doing this little summer savings summer thing. Savings. We're doing it every week, so we're you know three days into uh, another uh, thing that we're doing. So we're doing every ten days. It's going to switch up. So now we're into, uh, there's the deal you see on the bottom of your screen right there. So that you can take advantage of that for one more week. Yep, one and more it's week. it's done. And it's gonna continue till? Yeah, so the end of August, we're gonna yeah. have like deals every single week. Yep. So uh, just go to the store if you, can, you know, and see what's there. And uh, it, there's a lot of stuff it's for kids and families. It's a good chance it's gonna pop too. up. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, sounds like good stuff. All right, well guys, we have uh, our love gift here. There's only a week left of it. Um, so this is, Craig and Anne Elliott, again, they blessed mm -hmm. us with a love gift teaching all about marriage, not kids this time, but marriage. Um, and it's all about how, you know, we need to teach preschoolers about godly relationships and that's that right. those same lessons continue all the way up into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So that's what this teaching is all about. Um, it's good for whole families to watch, not yeah. just, you know, mm -hmm. parents or people who are having marital issues, you know, 30 years right. into their marriage or something. That's not what this is about. This is about healthy marriages right from the outset. Amen. So good teaching for anyone. Again, only one week left to get it. Yep. So uh, David, you That's have some for things that also go with For $100, it, right? a donation of $100 would get the Olive Wood Ten Commandments in mm -hmm. English and in Hebrew. Uh, and then for uh, a gift of $300, 
uh, you not only get the teaching, you get the uh, Olive Wood Ten Commandments, and you also get this heavy duty, the nice, nicest kiddish cup by far yep. we've ever mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's made of pewter. Yep. And uh, it has the engraving of the Jerusalem landscape, and uh, it says Bari, Bari Hagafen on it. Bari Bari Hagafen. Yeah. So, man, my odds are getting bad. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and uh, we just really appreciate uh, your support by, uh, and, and Michael just wants to give you a, a gift. Yeah, this is his your idea. Support. You know, he yeah. does, he was doing the teachings for a while, and he said, I'll give some other people the chance to do some teaching. So that's why Craig and Elliot did this. But uh, yeah, this is his idea to give back. If you want to give to this ministry, you know, that's the only thing that keeps this going. Right. So thank you for that. And we just want to little, give something back to you. Really uh, something you can share with family and friends, too, to sort of explain what you believe and why you believe it. Yeah, yeah. great conversation pieces, you know, yeah. sitting out when people come over. And yeah, exactly. especially if you turn the Hebrew around. And then, <laughs> yeah, that, that'll create a conversation. Yeah, that'll create a conversation. <laughs> All right, hear, learn, keep, do. Craig and Ann Elliott explain how inspiration and visions from the Father set the framework for the Torah-observant homeschool curriculum. That's coming up next. Hey folks, we are actually at the City of David. This is an amazing archeological discovery. They're digging deep and they're finding stuff that's coming up to the actual, uh, what do you call that? I mean, it's just like, it's just overwhelming the amount of stuff, things that they found. The actual Palace of David, the City of David, which happens to be just below the Temple Mount, it makes perfect sense. We find the word City of David 40 times in the Tanakh. And I'm telling you, we are at the actual place where the City of David is today. Whether you've been married for 30 years or 30 days, you know that marriage takes a lot of work. And that means having a firm foundation based on the Torah. When we're dealing with a lot of broken homes, a lot of broken marriages in our day and age, this is something that far too often is taken for granted. The family is the mother and the father that are one. And if they're not one, that child is in a broken home. Foundations for a healthy marriage with homeschool curriculum authors, Craig and Ann Elliott explores how lifelong love begins with teaching preschoolers about godly relationships and how bringing adults back to the basics of the Torah can help repair a marriage that has gone the way of the world. This teaching is our gift to thank you for supporting A Rude Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in June, we'll send you Foundations for a Healthy Marriage with Craig and Ann Elliott on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you Foundations for a Healthy Marriage plus the Ten Commandments etched on olive wood from Israel, English on one side and Hebrew on the other. Donate $300 and we'll send you the teaching, the Ten Commandments on olive wood, plus a solid pewter kiddush cup featuring a scene of Jerusalem and the blessing over the wine in Hebrew. Borei Pri Hagafen. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support a Root Awakening International in June. Call 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com.
When the resurrected saints are gathered together on the sea of fire and glass for the 10 days of awe, the 10 days of inspection, and then getting dressed for the marriage supper of the Lamb, we wait to hear if our name is called into the marriage supper of the Lamb, into the Mishkan in heaven, where Yeshua will sit at the head of the table, where As John says, he sees the Ark of the Covenant, the throne of Yeshua, and he is sitting on it, and we go into the marriage supper of the Lamb, and this is when Yeshua's promise is finally fulfilled. He told his disciples on the night of the Last Supper, when he blessed the Most High with the prayer of the Melech Zadik, Baruch Atah Yehovah, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. I am your provision. By my stripes you will be healed. And then Yeshua, as he took his cup and he passed it around to his disciples, he said, I will not drink this again till I drink it with you my father's kingdom. The marriage supper of the lamb, Yeshua will take his cup and he will say again, this represented and still represents the renewing of the covenant. The covenant that offered to make you priests and kings, I paid the death penalty. I paid the price for the broken covenant and now, now you get to drink with me in my father's kingdom. You are the ones that are going to live and reign with me upon the earth for a thousand years because I paid the price. Until the marriage supper of the Lamb, we do this in remembrance of him. Shabbat Shalom. We've been talking several weeks about homeschooling your kids with the Torah. Torah Observant Believing Homeschool Curriculum is now available from Craig and Ann Elliott. And guys, last time we were talking here, last week we were talking all about uh, leadership mm-hmm. and uh, leading that next generation, not, not just leaving it to chance, you know, just kicking them out of the nest and going, well, I hope they'll be okay and, you know, I got nothing to do with it. Well, you have everything to do with it. Absolutely. And I, I know one of the things we want to talk about today, uh, as I look here, uh, it's it's brings to mind a verse about not being hearers of the word, but doers also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, and that's part of your mantra here, mm-hmm. hear, learn, keep, and do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we could talk a little bit about what that means in terms of raising up leaders and being leaders to that next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said you. Well, I am pretty passionate about this. Yes, she is. So, Go for it, Anne. So I think I had mentioned in a previous episode that I really like to read. And I made the mistake in my younger days of reading everything bad. And, and I didn't know it was bad. I thought that you could, um, what is the saying? Eat the fat and chew out the bones or something mm-hmm. like that. And I, I don't know that I was. Psalm 1 says that if you, um, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the, I, I messed it up. Sit in the but, seat but, of mockers. We get the point. <laughs> well, you, get, you get the but, idea. Right. And I was going to read all these books and, and getting a homeschooling philosophy. And these people didn't even believe that the Bible was true. Mm. For instance, there was a a famous woman in the late 1800s who wrote about homeschooling. And she, well, she didn't call it homeschooling at that time, but that's what she was doing. And and she talked about how... that the Bible is is a nice book. Um, it's got a lot of good morals in it, but it's not literally true. 
Mm. And and yet I was going to her for advice, and and I was doing this in a on lot of areas on how to on how and wow. all kind, yeah specifically on yeah. homeschooling yeah specifically on how to homeschool. I don't remember <laughs> where what made us do it, and I do remember we lived in Minnesota, and we read Deuteronomy five verse one, and I remember we looked up what I remember the discussion. So we were sitting at the dining room table. I, I actually have a picture, but I don't know if my kids took the picture or who, but I, I was sitting at my laptop and I had this really puzzled look on my face and he's over in the recliner and he has a cat with him and we were having an animated discussion about what is the correct educational philosophy. Here's someone educated from a public school standpoint how to teach in a public school and here I am getting all my secular homeschooling mm. ideas. What does the Bible say? And, and we got that verse. I don't remember really how we got to that verse, but we took and we looked at the Hebrew for each of those words. To hear is to shema. It's to pay attention. You know when you call your kids and they just keep walking? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not shema. <laughs> That's not hearing. Yeah. <laughs> that involve, hearing actually does not just involve hearing, mm -hmm. but it involves like turning and paying attention to something. Listening. Listening. Yes. yes. Turning your eyes to something and like focusing on it. And that's where all education starts. We'll come to find out these, all these words to learn means to goad or to poke someone. Like if I took that pencil and started poking you that mm. to, to, you know, if you're, if your child isn't doing what you want them to do and you just kind of whack them really good, that's to goad. <laughs> and um, to keep is to guard. Or your husband. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to to keep is like a castle keep where you put your most precious possessions in the in the keep of a castle mm. so that if you're under siege those things your wife your children and your all your money your food <laughs> those are those are the things you store there well, and so the, and it's the same word that we use when we say to keep the, the shabbat absolutely too, and meaning to guard the shabbat to protect it uh -huh. from outside and influences and forces that could take it away from us or right. cause us to break Remember, it. Remember, keep like it that. top of mind. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Don't yeah. let anything happen to it. And then finally to do, to put it into practice like you were saying. Mm -hmm. So once we kind of got the idea that maybe the Bible is talking, and this is talking in the, in the context of teaching your children the Torah. And, and we started to say, wait a second, is this a homeschooling philosophy? Like, it, mm. does the creator actually have something to say about the best way that we learn? And, and that actually, scientists have proven that these things are true. You know, you have to first actually pay attention when you hear something, and then you have to continually repeat and review it, get mm. poked a little bit, and then you have to treasure it yourself. Like, if your child doesn't care about the subject you're teaching them, they're not gonna remember it. You know, only when they treasure it and they keep it right. themselves will it matter in their life. And, and that goes like what we were talking about with, the Torah and we came up and we've learned to treasure it because mm -hmm. we didn't do it and we've been showing this, but our kids need to learn to treasure it too. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and the funny and ironic thing is that actually educational um, science, the science of how the brain works, verifies this in every way. There's so much evidence coming out. Even since we started homeschooling Torah in 2013, there have been a lot of circumstances in our lives where we've had to look something up and we'll go, whoa, there it is again. Yeah. Here, learn, keep, do. It's there everywhere. And obviously because the creator made it. So we're just the dumb ones that didn't understand what he was saying. But, <laughs> but that is how our children learn. So you can take this and you can, in any subject, start by letting them hear it. And you have to teach them, of course, really, truly at the preschool age, teach them how to actually listen to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I say preschool, but if it's 
14, then you need to work on it at yeah. 14. Yeah. You know, hard. they listen, yeah, we, yes. Like, we, we have a lot of people that, that come in, and, oh, and sure. especially when you're coming out of the public school or things like that, and they've never taught their kids, never, don't understand this at all. Mm-hmm. And, and they come in, and they and you get this, like, my kid doesn't want to listen to me or something like that. So the first thing you have to do is teach your kids how to listen to you mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. want to be trained by you before you can actually teach them these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Right. So well, this reminds me of when you look at this, I'm thinking of almost in terms of sheep. Yeah. yeah. Sheep, you know, like the sheep and the shepherd, yep. that whole, you know, it's Absolutely. all throughout the Bible. So they Absolutely. need to hear the, the the master, learn being, you know, like the- Poked and this prodded. Is where you poked get and your prodded, grass. like you said, with, with the little, uh, <laughs> yes. the shepherd's hook, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Keep, so maybe keep him, Keep them safe in the in the in pen. the keep with the pen. The, keep, you know, the, right. the master is the, the the shepherd who guards the keep. Exactly, sheep and then do in order so they can go and fulfill their purpose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. So, absolutely true. Wow. One of the uh, things that we didn't make this up ourselves. Um, we he- we heard about it from another homeschooling family, but it's right in the Torah is that kings would copy the Torah by hand and then keep it with them on their horse or when they're going into battle or wherever they were. Throwing, you know, yeah. Maybe they had a pocket right here, a sheath for the Torah mm-hmm. to pull out. and you know, yeah. I, I don't know, that's my, mm-hmm. how exactly. I think of it. Yeah. So one of the things that we have for our homeschooling Torah members is a way that beginning in kindergarten as they're learning to write, they begin to actually copy the Torah. And our daughter is 18, she's getting ready to graduate, and she just a couple weeks ago finished the whole Torah? The whole Torah. She's written the whole Torah. The whole Torah, Torah plus. Wow, that's Plus, because she's also written a huge part of the New Testament and the entire book of Proverbs. Wow. And so, I mean, that's, that's a way to, to keep memory. it. Yes. It is. And yet, it's handwriting. 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 So you can use it. You can use the Bible for literally every subject. So, wow. so learning handwriting, copy mm-hmm. work, we call the copy work. Yeah, so that's cursive good. writing is going the way of the dodo, so good for you guys. Not at homeschooling. No. And did you know yeah. that's because it's based in good brain science? I mean, it just there's there's really a reason why for centuries people did these methods, and it's only in the last, you know, say 1950s and on when we toss God out of the schools and we toss God out of our homes, and suddenly they changed right. the educational model. Typewriters and and, mm-hmm. and then and computers and yeah. now the phone and so mm-hmm. you don't learn to write and it's essentially yeah. it's part of that whole dumbing down mm-hmm. well and, mm-hmm. and their philosophy they're saying you know like actual writing in the cursive format and the way it works actually helps develop parts of the brain Absolutely. that doing a stick it. thing mm-hmm. doesn't do yeah. and so we're not just those ornery people that come along and say no you just need to do uh, you learn how to do cursive because you need to learn how to do cursive yeah. but it's we we put the stuff in because it's based upon research that's been mm-hmm. done to mm-hmm. show how it helps to develop further parts of the brain. Because we want the best, Fresh. we want the Absolutely. greatest people, yeah. we want the leaders we out the leaders. there, you know, the top of the mm-hmm. cream of the crop, so to speak. And you know, it's so fun, the, the diligence that you're teaching kids is great mm-hmm. too, because mm-hmm. I, I've told both my son and my daughter this, that if you look at what's even in the colleges these days, mm-hmm. nobody tries. Mm-hmm. You know, we see this all over, it seems like an epidemic, mm-hmm. why isn't anybody trying to do a good job at anything? Mm-hmm. And, and I told them, look, if you just try and you excel, you will be the leader in this generation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're going to yes. come out of on top because no one else is. Faithful. It's not going to be even that hard. Mm-hmm. No, and you will be the leader. And this is even you know even better way to be the leader is base it on the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's another thing that's in the Bible. Every letter in the original manuscripts was written in a language. It's not English. Of course, here in the United States, we're teaching our children how to read and write in English, but the original language was Hebrew, and Hebrew is an amazing language that's pictorial. 
and phonetic. So mm -hmm. the left brain people and the right brain people both have something beautiful to take from that language. And our children, so you, you know, in the public schools, they're worried about labeling our children. Well, your child has this way of learning and that way of learning, or they have this, you know, setback and we're gonna have yeah. to put him in a special class. And, and the father, when he created language, he made it so anyone can learn, anyone. It doesn't matter how smart or dumb you are, whatever, um, maybe a brain injury or a, um, maybe some genetic problem. It doesn't matter because his, his language speaks to all parts of the brain. Mm. And on top of that, it, it kind of makes them so the two sides of the brain can speak to each other, which is just fantastically amazing. And, and so, yeah, we want to teach our children how to read and write in English so that they have a, a ability to communicate to the culture around them. And that's very important. But we also want them to learn how to read and write his language and, mm -hmm. and be able to pass that on to the next generations. You know, can you imagine? You told me an interesting story. I don't think we've covered it in these episodes where you had had an accident. Mm -hmm. Speaking of other... Uh, other languages. You'd learned Hebrew. Mm -hmm. uh, you had to fall down some steps, and mm -hmm. something happened to that language. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember any of the Hebrew I'd learned. I'd look at my flashcards, and I couldn't even remember how to pronounce the letters, let alone remember what they said. Which that was terrifying. Because honestly. Language is hard. I don't think parents realize how difficult it is for their child to learn to read. How, how you know, how your five-year-old always wants a snack? It's because they're tired. They've been learning, you know, phonics is hard. It's hard work. They can't, they can't sit still because they've just, their brain capacity has been used. Mm. And when I fell down the stairs and hit uh, my cerebellum, I also had difficulty reading. So my eyes would go across the page and I couldn't keep my eye on the line, which mm. children do that. That's why they put their finger under as they read to help their brain learn to focus on that spot. And so the father humbled me in a way, and but it was really cool because then I had access to some of the best doctors who would then help us write curriculum mm. and say, well, you've got children that have these same brain injuries as what you are now experiencing. And so maybe you could teach them this way. So the father uses every single thing in our life. Right. Now we should say that he has restored you. Yes, he has. Yes. You, you can speak English. You can speak <laughs> she English. Can drive Obviously speak English. I can drive. Congratulations. Yes. She can drive. Some days. Yeah. <laughs> She's learning a lot. The Hebrew's yeah, coming yes, back. Yes, the Hebrew's yes, coming yes, back. it did. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, Wonderful. And, um, I'm absolutely convinced that the same methods that help children, we just talked about copy work. I tried doing copy work after my injury mm. and I'd have a migraine that would last, you know, a week or more. Mm. I was like, I'm not touching that. And, 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 and my doctor said, which goes into what you were just saying, um, you have to do the thing that hurts if you want to get over the hurt. Mm. And, and so she, would, she was a good doctor and she would make me do things, physical therapy and such. And those things that hurt the most were the things that helped heal. So writing out the Hebrew, writing out my scripture verses and making mm. myself read from my Bible. I actually went to a smaller translation which didn't have to go as far across the page. And then now I'm back up. I have a complete Jewish Bible that doesn't have any, it does, uh, only has one column per page yes. and I can finally do it, wow. which, is, which was a big thing. I remember when Michael first had his stroke, that's mm -hmm. what he was having trouble with. He mm -hmm. couldn't, we had to have a Bible for him that was three and a half inches mm -hmm. wide or when we even had something mm -hmm. on the teleprompter for him on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it had to be uh, narrower yes. because he just couldn't track it for that yeah. long of a, a line. 
Yes, but as we, something about the Word of God, I mean, it does say this in Hebrews 4, that the Word of God is quick, alive, and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. There's something alive in the Word of God. Mm. Like, I could read other books, and they did not, first of all, they didn't make my brain hurt quite as much <laughs> as the Bible did, yeah. which tells me that it was so helpful. And, and I don't believe there is anything that can heal. So if, if, a, if someone out there has a child with a brain injury, go to the Word of God, help them copy it, I mean, it doesn't take, I, I don't remember if it was Abraham Lincoln or George Washington's mother who taught him to read with the Bible by having him just copy it from the Bible. Mm. And it's backed by all the science. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Now, speaking of brains and brilliance, uh, one of my favorite, most brilliant guys I ever knew was Brad Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, great mm -hmm. Torah teacher. Uh, he would speak of scientific realms that went right over my head. Yes. Crazy stuff that he would just, he was amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had a dream about Brad Scott that had something to do with this curriculum. Tell us yeah. about that dream. Yeah, it was actually, it was before my accident and we were um, praying about writing some more phonics and language arts curriculum. And while we have that on our website already, this was a bigger project, something that we wanted to, you know, make even better. And we just weren't sure what it should look like or how to, how do you even begin to write a language arts curriculum? I know, you tell me. Uh, <laughs> it's overwhelming, it's overwhelming. And one night I had a dream that Brad Scott was at our house for Sabbath and um, he, he showed me in this room all these books and he laid them out on the floor and they, they had like a gray bar down the side and a little gray box here and, and just on and on. He took, he, you need to put that there and you need to put that there. And I woke up and I'm writing it all down and that's what we've been working on. So show, show, put this up, so, on, we'll show you on the screen sure, as well, but take a look sure. at this. Yeah, that's your dream, right? That there. was my dream. Yeah. And this is just the first grade book and it had all the way up into you know high school levels. And um, just that's kind of the, what I'm saying to parents too. The Ruach will tell you what to do and how to teach mm. your children. It's not us. It's not our smartness. Um, we don't have to be amazing and plan it all out and worried that we're going to miss something. And even if we do miss something, he'll probably give you a dream and say, don't forget to do that. Mm. You know, he'll goad us. And I think we don't depend on that enough. We're not, he's the one creating the workmanship, not us. We're just the tool. And, and I think we should trust him to to teach us and show us what to do with our children. And we had said, uh, when we were talking about what we were gonna say here today, uh, you'd mentioned that the, the Bible can rewrite the brain. You're saying the Bible is the most, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's living and active and it, it hurt your brain. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but it can help you rewire your brain. How, you were talking about Second Peter Okay, One, well, three. So, yeah, it says um, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And that's a question I used to ask myself, how is, is it literally everything? Is there some, surely not everything. I, many people will say the Bible is, is not a science book. I don't know. I don't know. You can dig in. I mean, I, I Isaac Newton. I actually just Newton. watched a YouTube video <laughs> the last couple of days that said that same yes, phrase. Did. The Bible is that's not a science textbook. And I'm like... <laughs> But Isaac Newton. the principles of science <laughs> yes. are found in the Word of God. But Isaac Newton would read his Bible. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. I always said if she's a, if she's I was, a big Isaac Newton. Fan, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just amazing. And well, Isaac Newton's not like what he's usually portrayed in, in the public in public school system no, either. He was a the, staunch what's, what's Bible believer. What's the difference? Well, he was a strong believer. He was 
probably had some, sort, you know, like what we would talk, some aspects of like an Asperger's or, or something Autism. today, autistic spectrum kind mm -hmm. of thing. So he was very brilliant. And he had that thing where he focused very much on one subject. Mm -hmm. And the negative was that he was, his social skills weren't very good. Mm -hmm. So like when people would interact with him, he wasn't great at interacting. But he loved the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing you don't hear about in public <laughs> school. And so he would actively study the word of God and use science to try and prove the word of God. Well, he, mm. he believed that the Bible is true and science must match it. So and science, so science needs to catch up to the Bible. Science yes. needs to catch up. And if we want to have amazing inventions, you know, like the law of thermodynamics kind of thing, then maybe we should or, believe that the Bible is true. And you take what is written there and go out and experiment. Because also the Bible says that on the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything shall be established. Hmm. So we believed in observational science. And, and it has to be established through experimentation. And, and he, would, he would read the verse. But he wasn't just amazing at science. He was amazing at history. And he was amazing. And the problem with reading his books is he was so brilliant. He would go, he would read in, in English and then launch into Latin over here and then back to English and then Hebrew. And here, let's go into Greek for a second. So trying to read it is, it's very is a difficult. And a lot but, of people but, translating is, is a little right. touchy because he, he was just doing things in this, this kind of how weird he thought. thought process so, that we don't do. Reworking the brain, re, reworking genetics. Again, going back to Psalm 1, which is really one of the, our favorite passages at Homeschooling Torah. Um, it says, um, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth and you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now what they've found in brain science is that your brain, when um, you are having trouble, let's say your nervous system is, is not working correctly and you're having trouble connecting a thought, um, that the, the nervous system at that point looks like tumbleweed. Going down, you know, on a windy desert and it's just, there's no attachment anywhere. And yet when you have a strong brain that is, is learning well and all the neurons are attaching as they should, it looks like a tree with roots going down and branches going out. Oh, really? It's wow. just amazing. And, and they have found in science that um, when you are learning something correctly, you know, hear, learn, keep, do, that your brain looks like that. And, and there have been... So many examples of amazing men through history. They might not have known about Torah at the time period in which they lived, but because they depended on the word of God as being true and they studied it, their brain, they're the scientists that we hear about. They're the people that made the great inventions. And I think our dream is to raise up leaders who will be the next scientists, the next archaeologists, the next historians, the next great writers and and the ability to think clearly and to put present their thoughts well, that's hard mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and and we the next generation may it shine a hundred times brighter because they've been wow. using well you know what I'm hearing here whether someone is uh, you know regardless of what period of history they're in, uh, as long as they kept their eye on the word, mm -hmm. or someone like mm -hmm. Sir Isaac Newton, where he was hyper-focused yes. on something, and he put it on the word. Mm -hmm. We need to avoid distraction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's the problem with the world today. We have too much distraction. We need to be focused on the word, and everything else yep. becomes clear. Mm -hmm. so let's talk more about that in a second here. So, uh, Craig and Anne, just hang on with us for just one second. Thank you for hanging on with us. This is a great, uh, wonderful thing that we have here is a Torah-observant homeschool curriculum. Hope you're enjoying this as I am, learning a lot here.
here. And as you imagine would, talking about a homeschool curriculum. <laughs> but anyway, you've made it possible with your donations. Thanks very much. Let's make sure that just as these guys are preparing the next generation, you prepare the next generation by making this program available for others to see. How do you do that? Your donations make it happen. We'll ask you to do that in just a couple of minutes here. We'll be right back. In the Torah, if we make a mistake, we have to pay for that mistake. But there's a difference, whether you intended to do it or whether it was by accident. And some of us are raising our kids by accident. <laughs> We're just letting them go and say, well, good luck. But we, before, I mean, we've, you've heard about this uh, in previous episodes that we've talked about, even in this episode about Craig and Ann, we've talked about how it, we have to have intention with kids. Yes. We have to do things on purpose. Yes. Mm -hmm. We can't just throw them out there and have a good, happy accident with your life. You know, we need to train them up in the way that they should go. And uh, that all has to do with, like you said, purpose. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. So it's, it's interesting when we think about that, a lot of the homeschool styles that are out there and the curriculums deal with a lot of, you know, putting your kid in front of a computer or slapping down some worksheets and saying, have at it. And, and, and you, you as a parent aren't really involved in these things. And the scriptures talks about us needing to be actively involved. And that's what we've kind of been talking about with, the, you know, as a parent, we, it's our responsibility to raise up the next generation. But when we come to thinking about our children also and the training of them, we have to do, have a purpose. And the word of God, the ultimate goal of what Yehovah wants in his word is for us to have a purpose for our lives. Mm -hmm. And purpose, they've done tons of research on this, and I've been reading some different books on it. And they come through and they talk about the fact that when we have a purpose, our, our skills improve, our uh, life, the life expectancy of these people that have a purpose in life are, is greater. Um, their ability to, to um, excel at a job or things like this is, is improved. Health is drastically improved, mm. all because we have a purpose. I um, recently, this last year, we, my, I was able to take and go get my mother, who's 80 years old, and um, bring her up to live by us where we live now. And uh, I'm very happy about that. And, and it was a necessary move because she's starting to have some struggles mentally and things like this. But one thing I'm kind of sad about is I think she was keeping going a lot better with what down there with what she was doing and longer than she probably was should have done because she was involved in the kids lives that she did at Sunday school and at her church and she lived for that every time you talk to her this is what the whole of the conversation for her was around these kids that she got to be a part of in their lives and in bringing her up by us took that away at this point in time and i think it's actually hurt her ability to focus and to keep up the mental aspects because she no longer has that purpose in her life. Mm -hmm. and, I, and as I was reading this stuff and connecting this with my mom, I'm like, okay, somehow I've got to get my mom a purpose mm -hmm. in life again mm -hmm. to focus her. And because I think that would help to draw her back out of what's been going on in her life. Mm -hmm. And in, the, in these books I'm reading, they're talking about um, how having a purpose can actually rewrite genetics also. And that, and, and the, this one was talking about was reading skills and teaching reading and having a, and when you go to a book, you don't just go to a book and open it up and start reading, but you, you have to, um, 
it, be intentional about reading the book. So you go through the table of contents, this guy says, and you find out what the book is about and you kind of look through it and, and you look for key words before you ever start reading the book. And the book was about how to read any book, 200 pages in an hour is what it was called. Mm. And uh, according to this guy, if you do these principles which are scientifically backed that you will learn how to read a 200 page book in an hour. And he says that the beginning of it, he says the number one thing is to have a purpose when you're going to the book. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and he said purpose is important. When we look at, the, at our kids, that should be the number one thing in our lives that we instill a purpose in. Is, I mean, why did God create man and woman? Mm-hmm. The purpose of man and woman was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, was it not? So therefore, what has God given us the ultimate responsibility? What is our job is, number one, is to raise children. The whole reason we're a husband and wife, the key one is, according to God, is to raise godly offspring. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is if we teach a purpose, have a purpose ourselves, and then teach that to our children. And so when we look at homeschooling, we have to have a, the purpose of it is not just to raise kids or not just to make smart kids. It's to raise godly offspring. And then we were talking about Psalm chapter one, two, and three, and the fact that it says delight in the Torah, you know, delight in his word. It, we, that's what we want our kids to get to the point of, that it's not just something, you know, I, I grew up in a, a Christian home and I went to church every day. There was a lot of times that going to church was just like, boring and, oh, I have to do that again. I'd rather do this kind of a thing. <laughs> and a lot of that, you know, I didn't really necessarily see the point. I'm glad my parents kept with me though, because that that in stuff, no, you're going and you're going and you're going. <laughs> and you'll now, like it. <laughs> I, eventually I like, yeah, <laughs> and you're gonna like it. Yeah. Gonna I mean, like they it. were right, you know, and I like it now. <laughs> exactly. do it and you'll like it. <laughs> but with, like with our kids, that same thing, you know, it, you know, if, if one of my kids happened to say, well, I don't, you know, they haven't, but if they ever went like, oh, I don't want to do this, Dad, I'm like, no, you're doing it. Because the purpose is not to that one moment to get that, always have them like it. The purpose, purpose is that over the extent of their life, they will like it. Because it, it will instill in them the understanding of what who God is and the, the value of his word in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so... If we want Yehovah to be the center of attention in our children's lives, we have to teach them that he is the center mm-hmm. of attention in their lives. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that does that is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so all the other curriculum we do is an extension off of the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the tree planted beside the root. So the, 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 the root or the trunk is the word of God and all the leaves and the branches that spread out from that and the science and, mm-hmm. and history and Hebrew and writing and language and all that have to come from the word of God and to be intentional in that part of our lives and with that in our children's lives is how we're gonna grow godly offspring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the thing that you don't realize when you just step out on faith and do what the father says is how much peace it brings. You know, the, he floods your life with peace when you do it his way. And um, it might look so odd. Everything that we do in this walk, sometimes we look, we just feel like the weirdo. And, and yet when we have purpose and, we, and we're, we do it as he says in his word, 
He just gives us peace. And there comes a point where we just don't care what anyone thinks about us anymore. We just care what he thinks, you know? Mm. Um, you were talking about purpose. And I was thinking even in a marriage, when a husband and wife have the same purpose and they're working on the same goals, suddenly there's unity. You're not fighting anymore because you're, <laughs> you're headed in the yeah. same direction. And, it, you know, it's the same with, with kids in a home. If, if your kids aren't obeying or they're, they're fighting you on things, maybe you just need to step back for a second and talk to them about why. Why are we doing this? Now I'm not talking about maybe a two-year-old. They might not understand. But, yeah. you know, an older child, let's talk about why. You have why. a 14-year-old that you just mm -hmm. pulled out of school and you're throwing them into homeschool after they've been in public school all their lives. Yeah. And you're sitting them down and you're going to start teaching them Torah. Because we have had lots of people, not lots, but several yeah. people that this has happened within a two-week period. They've come from going to a Christian school, being in a Christian church, the parents pulled them out of school, pulled them out of church because they learned Torah and they realized mm. how bad the schools were. They pulled them out of the schools. Wow. I mean, the kid, the parents mm. are like in a whirlwind. What do you think your kids are going through? Mm -hmm. You you are just totally up, turning their whole lives upside down. And sometimes you need to step back and say, Kids, this is why we're going to do this. Because mm -hmm. you know what, it, or, or even just read the passage together and see if they can discover it when they're reading it. You know, maybe you won't even have to tell it. them anything. Yeah. Let's let the Holy Spirit do it. You know, and I think I think that we need to be patient with our our children. Mm -hmm. They have to come along this journey that we were talking about, the same as we did, and they'll make mistakes the same as we did. So, you know, we have to be patient with them and, and all just aim towards the same thing instead of being adversaries in the same house, you know? We can, we can work towards something together and have one purpose in our family. This is tying all this stuff together somewhat. We were, as I, we just talked about, in a schoolie, mm -hmm. on the road, looking to go around and help reach other people and, and bring people together and start congregations and things like this. And we, we got to my uh, in-law's house and we were there and it was a stop we were gonna go before moving on to the next one and we were going to work on finishing up our bus to live in and stuff. And God, in a two week period, did, did a lot of things that changed, uh, you know, we were going this direction and all of a sudden now we're gonna go this direction. That's a theme. And um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we did a 90 degree turn. You know, we were going this here and this is where he wanted us to go. But we started, you know, this, we were here and he turned us this way. So we're going here and now he's gonna turn us and go this way, you know, and, and you're like, can God do you know do that? Can He make you do zigzags in your in your walk with Him? I thought you were talking about purpose. How are we zigzagging? I, well, it is. So <laughs> I, um, you know, we were we had gone and we had visited friends and we had been working with them and teaching them and stuff and then allowing them to ask questions about starting a congregation and things like this. And uh, we were praying, you know, where continued direction with God and stuff. Well, God began to work and our family's lives with a lot of different things going on. And in the process of doing that, we realized that maybe that going on the road full time on a bus is not where he wanted us to be. And uh, so we prayed on that and he led us to call back to those individuals. And we called back and, and said, you know, what do you think about starting a congregation there in Michigan? And they all said, yes, let's do this. And so we were on our way back. We were from, they, my in-laws live in around Pittsburgh area, on our way back to Michigan to where we had just come from, on the road, and I'm listening on the radio, and I hear a, uh, a Jew, it was a Jewish rabbi who was being interviewed on a, on a, on a show. I, 
totally, I, it wasn't like a messianic thing or anything like that. It was, it was just public a broadcasting. public broadcasting. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be listening to it mm -hmm. and on comes this rabbi. And um, I had, to, had a, we had our name of our, we had a, a website that we were doing for our journey on the bus. It was, it was called Elliot Expedition. And I really liked that word expedition kind of a thing is like, you know, traveling and not knowing, you know, breaking into the unknown. And he talked about this, uh, the name Solel and it's Hebrew. And it, but it's not a word is in, in its form like that that's found in the scriptures. Just it's so actually it's, so that's a um, a noun. And, and but in the he, in the uh, verb form, it's salu, mm -hmm. and um, it's the term build up or our, um, the the and it's uh, from Isaiah, mm -hmm. and he talks about building up, build up the road, clear the way for the people. Like and Daniel Boone, like Daniel Boone <laughs> kind of idea, and the idea as the rabbi was talking about it in the scriptures is that that when they were to go back to the land, they were to clear the path for the people to go back to Jerusalem and back to the Torah and, and back to obedience to God and you know, to build up Jerusalem and build up the way and clear all the things out. And, and I'm like, in our own lives and in our, in our congregation, that's the idea of the Solel. We are pathfinders or trailblazers that we wanna build up or tear out you know, all the rocks that are in the road and the weeds and branches and pull them and throw them off to the side and clear the path and help others along. And, and so we want to do that with our children in our lives. We want to, mm -hmm. you know, we don't just want to leave it the chance that they're going to hop onto the road. Mm -hmm. We want to pull them onto the road and, you know, <laughs> goad them on yeah. the road too and keep them going with mm -hmm. it. And there may be days that they feel like they want to jump off to the side of the road, but don't allow that to happen. Keep them going. And don't put things in their way that are going to be counterintuitive towards that path too. Mm -hmm. Don't don't bring in worldly things that mm -hmm. are going to lead them astray mm -hmm. or give them opportunities to go that way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We can't shield our kids from the world. A lot there's a lot of people in the Torah movement and in Christianity and stuff too that have tried the whole shield our kids from everything and. We're gonna stick them in a bubble and put bubble wrap around them, and you know, and all that stuff, and, and it, it almost always fails. Very rarely does it not fail, mm -hmm. because you know the, the the whole Amish thing, the kids rebel, things like this too. What we need to do is prepare them for the world, and I think that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he says, "You, you, you be in the world while not of it." I, I the guy, you know, Timothy couldn't walk down a street and not see the world around him when he's walking through the city of Corinth. So what happened? How come he didn't follow the way of Corinth? Why didn't he go and do all the things the Corinthians were doing? Because he understood how to live in the world without being of the world. And who taught Timothy? The Apostle Paul, his well, father. Oh, and his father, yes. His, his, his mother, mother and his and grandmother yeah, taught him the word of God. Yeah, they prepared that foundation so that when Paul came along, he would understand who the Messiah was. Mm. But they are the ones that planted him in scripture. Thank he had you a for Greek father. Reminding me of that, yes. yes. Yeah. Pretty much I really schooling like him. Yeah. Yes. At least in Absolutely. the Torah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The first mention of, well, mm -hmm. core mention of homeschooling, <laughs> by, I don't know. A really important <laughs> one, a really important one because that mother and that grandmother, it sounds like it was a split home. The father was not a Jew. Mm -hmm. um, who. He, He's never given any um, praise for, yeah. for training up Timothy. Um, so my hunch is that the mother and the grandmother are like, we're going to pour into this child everything from the Torah. And then the foundation was ready when Paul came along and explained the gospel more fully. Mm. He understood it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, it's not unlike, like you said, these themes are all throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think of the Israelites going through the land. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some people didn't give them passage, but they promised, what would we do? We will not turn to the left or to the right. Mm-hmm. We will just keep mm-hmm. going straight. So yes, like mm-hmm. Timothy walking through the streets of Corinth, <laughs> Never mind what's going on on either side of him. He's focused on his mission. He knows what's true. Yeah, he knows what's going on. That's no mystery to him. He's been taught about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's not gonna do that because he knows it's a pitfall. So he's gonna stay smart, Mm -hmm. keep going this way. And when we think of purposeful or intentionally training our children, so sometimes... We, I, I, like say a movie or something that might have something that's not you know, the best thing, you, you can go through and, and like sometimes we'll watch part of that and then stop it and go, okay, what was wrong with that? Mm-hmm. What, what did you see that was, that was not right? How do, what does the Bible say about Let's it? And I, and I don't try to like, you know, expose my kids to things. I'm not saying, or, or yeah. better yet, like going in a, in a store, you're going grocery mm-hmm. shopping and you see something, someone doing something or somebody that's not doing something right or something like that. You go to your kids and you say, hey, what what do you see is wrong? And then you don't go up to the front of the person and go, what are your kids, what's wrong with that person? But you know, <laughs> this, you know, kids, what do you see what's wrong with over there? You know, What are they doing wrong? And um, what do you think, how should we as believers mm-hmm. handle this situation? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible mm-hmm. say about things? Mm-hmm. There's a really good evangelist, Christian evangelist, who I we were exposed to uh, 10 years ago or so that I really like. And um, his, his view on how to evangelize was that the Bible is the evangelist. I'm just, mm. God just told me to use the Bible to evangelize. Mm-hmm. So when he would ever go up and try and evangelize people, he wouldn't like try and like talk to them and convince them that they need Yeshua or they need to change their lives. So he would open the word of God and say, what do you think that was? What, read that verse right there. Yeah. Mm. Just and, open it up and what does that say? <laughs> and then read it. And, and, go, and you go, okay, what does it say? Mm-hmm. They tell, well, read it again. You know, if their answer was, I don't know, well, read it again. Mm-hmm. Do it again. What does it say? Well, okay, this. Well, no, read it again. And he would keep doing that until the Holy Spirit could grip the person's life and change their mind mm. from the inside out. And I mean, the stories that he would tell about people and the changes to their life, and he wouldn't go in there. He wouldn't try and like convince them. He would just say, read the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so when we implement the word of God into our children's life, when we don't try to take the world's view and pull it into the Bible, then we, we have the ability with them just reading the word to train and challenge their lives, to give them a focus, a purpose that can, they can then go out and change the world with the word of God. That's a good point. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Guys, thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm. There's the information on the bottom of your screen regarding how to get this curriculum. Again, it's at, let me get this right, homeschoolingtorah.com? Correct. Homeschoolingtorah.com. There you go. There is the coupon code you can use. If you're watching this on Shabbat, please wait till after Shabbat. Do it after Shabbat, of course. This, uh, of all things, this is a homeschooling Torah or a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a Torah observant homeschooling program. So, of course, you want to wait till after Shabbat. Uh, but anyway, thank you for watching Shabbat Night Live. Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate thank you so being much. Here. We appreciate it. And uh, we just appreciate all you're doing. Thank you for continuing to. Uh, just increase your curriculum and we look forward to seeing what else you've got coming up. So again, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Until then, till next week, Shabbat Shalom.